Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sermons, where we see Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. In this episode, we're going to continue our discussion on eternal security with Richard Miller. So, speaking of uh, Bible scripture, I, um, some of the listeners are wondering, they're just like, hey, when are you guys going to start introducing scriptures? <laughs> well, I'm going to start doing that now. And uh, there's going to be, uh, this is going to be a little exercise between you and myself, Rich, uh, where I'm going to okay. share a, a scripture with you uh, that addresses or probably reveals um you know, God's nature about eternal security. And uh, I'd like for you to just um, comment, expand or expound on it or whatever. Um, and um, it's, it's might be rapid fire, but most likely not. Okay. Um, so I'll go ahead and read a scripture to you. Um, and uh, these scriptures are going to be read from the New Living Translation. It says in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, and it reads, For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Um, what are your thoughts on that particular scripture? And feel free to add whatever context you would like. Well, I think I think it um, uh, I think it's it's indicative of uh, of what I was talking about before, where I, mm-hmm. I don't think that we can just unintentionally walk away from God. But it says those who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, who then. So, I mean, they're in, right? Yeah. This is one of the problems I have with once saved, always saved is the Calvinism thing says, uh, well, you, they were never saved to begin with. Mm. I mean, that just feels like such a, it's okay. That's real easy for you. Right. It's, I feel the same way when atheist says, well, it's the onus of proof isn't on us. It's like, okay, good, good for you. I'm happy for you that that's, you can do the mental gymnastics to make that work out, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't like it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's the thing is like, they're in, right. They've tasted the goodness of the word of God and then turn away from God. And yeah. that's, that's kind of where I stand. It's like, I, why would God grab you by the neck and force you into heaven? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, I just don't think he would, Yeah. but the part that's scary here is the impossible word, the word impossible, right? Yes. I mean, that's, that's terror. That's terrifying. It is impossible to bring back to repentance. Those who were once enlightened, but think about it. Yeah. If you're so deep into the word of God, if you're so deep into God and Jesus and the Holy spirit, and you're filled with the Holy spirit, even to the point of, you know, speaking in tongues or even miracles, there are people who get used by God in amazing ways and still whoosh, turn away from him yeah right i I, i'm i it's 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 in the bible right so who am i to say well i don't think that's impossible we've got plenty of examples of people who they follow the lord they backslide but then you know he gets they 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 return to him you know it's the prodigal son thing yeah you know he was a he was a son from the jump right but we also have people whether it's because they're embarrassed, whether it's because they've just got too much invested in their life apart from God now, mm-hmm. or whether they're like the Bible talks about those who have been whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. Mm. Um, there, there seems to be a point at which 
God just lets us go to the party we desperately want to go to. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't know. That's hard for me because like the idea that God would ever, I, I don't know. I have a hard time also accepting the idea that somebody would turn back to God and he'd say no. So yeah. if it's impossible, I don't think it's impossible because of God. I don't think it's because God's grace isn't strong enough to allow you back in. Mm. The impossibility in my mind would lie with the person, not with the Lord. Right, right. I mean, our cousin to this scripture would also be the reference to blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Um, that to me um, is a clear scripture. I don't remember exactly where, but um, that's another um, uh, another situation where um, basically there's no repentance for that. <laughs> and that's um, Jesus. That's Jesus yeah, saying that. Yeah. So, yeah. So next. But a, but a side note, a really good study is to study out what that whole blasphemy of the Holy Spirit thing is, because it's taught in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And some people have, have used it to kind of put, put a shackle on someone and the enemy has used it to make someone think they lost their salvation. Yeah. You know, he's, 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 he uses that one a bunch. Yeah. That is definitely a bit, um, uh, another interesting uh, tidbit of like discussion as well too. I'm pretty sure I could probably get a podcast episode out of that as well too. <laughs> Keep you in mind on that one. <laughs> so the next scripture is Ephesians chapter one, verses 13 and 14. Uh, once again, this is the NLT. It says, and you know, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he had promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would be prayed so that we would praise and glorify him. Please comment. I don't know. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's awesome. I mean, the Holy Spirit's there. Jesus, what's so cool about when Jesus says, I will not leave you fatherless. I will not leave you as orphans. But he says, he says, I'm going to leave you one, uh, one that's like me. Right. And, yeah. and the, the word there isn't like, it's very specific to say it's like exactly like Jesus. So like the Holy Spirit, every time that Jesus says he loves us, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit loves us. The Holy Spirit guides us. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is there. And this kind of with, if you couple this with that last one, where it says experiencing the Holy Spirit, um, uh, that it, it kind of all goes along with it. But the last one talks about experiencing that and then choosing to turn away. And I don't think while the Holy Spirit is definitely well, like what it says, he had as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit when we promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance. But again, even the last scripture we just had up says even after you've gotten that guarantee, you you're, you're you can turn away, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, here's another um, scripture. This is going to be from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's verse 17. It simply says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Um, is this once saved, always saved? Where, hey, a new life has begun. You can no longer revert back to your old life. Is this a violation of free will? No, no. So, I mean, it, it, 
just because it's a new life doesn't mean I can't do an old sin, right? Mm. If I if I did something wrong prior to coming to faith, it's not like that thing no longer exists. Now, God has given me uh, authority over it. I'm no longer a slave to the sin, mm. right? Yeah. I no longer have to sin. See, we don't even realize that prior to us surrendering to the Lord, prior to us coming to faith in Jesus, we're... We're, we're slaves to our sin. We're, we're controlled by it. And we don't realize it sometimes. Right. But yeah. Jesus gives us authority over that. We're no longer slaves to sin. So that doesn't mean, though, that if we are not careful, if we are not vigilant, we cannot slip back in to old habits. If you were the enemy, mm-hmm. what would you do to a new Christian? Would yeah. you try to trick them up in some brand new way? Or would you go to the oldies but goodies that you know have been working on that person for years? Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good point. Good point. So the next scripture is First Peter chapter 1, verses 5. It says here, And to your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Um, Amen. Yeah. So, I mean, does this scripture promote um, eternal security or are there, does it also, does this also indicate that, you know, hey, guess what? You know, your salvation is not guaranteed until the last day for all to see. Well, so here's the thing. When we say salvation, right? Yeah. In my mind, what we really mean is, are you a Christian? Do you know Jesus? Mm. Right. Yeah. We take that as that salvation, but there will be a day, and the Bible affirms this, there will be a day that comes when there will be people as far as the eye can see, right? When when we will all come before the Lord, and at the feet of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that He is King, that He is Lord. That day will come the day will come when god will wipe the tears from all of our eyes and there will be no more pain that day will come and i mean that's the that's that's salvation right there i mean that's really what we're talking about is being in heaven with the lord either when we die or on that day Mm. and and that's the thing like we use the same word for both of those things for this for essentially the the um, status is probably the wrong word to use, but the status of being a Christian, being a person that has a relationship with Jesus. And it's for that event, that final day when it's all finally done. Yeah. And we are, we're, we're with the Lord. Yeah. So um, with the question of can someone lose their salvation? You know, um, the answer um, was a yes. Granted, it was a messy yes. Now here's another, it was a messy yes. Yes. Now, here's another scripture. Um, this is coming from Hebrews chapter 7, verses 25, where it says, Therefore, he is able once and forever. All right, I'm going to say that. Once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever mm-hmm. to intercede with God on their behalf. Now, this is referring to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. I can't remember... Off the top of my head, um, I'm 
uh, my indication was the Holy Spirit, but I could be okay. wrong on this one. But guess what? Okay, so mm-hmm. please continue. Well, e- either way, so the the thing is, um, he- here's kind of the gist, or here's kind of like the the long and short of it. God is able, and I think willing, to save anyone that wants to be saved. Yeah. There there are people that aren't interested in following God. Think of a uh, you know guys like uh well Christopher Hitchens who's passed away mm-hmm. and uh, a guy like Stephen Fry both of those guys have said if God was real I wouldn't follow him yeah um so I I mean I think God is real sure. <laughs> very much so oh yeah Amen but to that th- there's a there are p- plenty of people that believe that God is there yeah and simply choose not to follow him right yeah there are many people who are, yes, definitely defiant for sure. Um, but the part where it says once and forever, you know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, when it says once and forever, how can someone fall or lose their salvation or even walk away from their salvation with that such with that type of affirmation in Hebrews 7.25? Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. Well, he's able to, of course, God is able to, Yeah. but, but I mean, like, like, that's the thing, like to me, if, if, if God is just pulling all the strings and we have absolutely no say in the matter to me, it makes none of it make any sense. Like it, there's nothing I can do then. Well, who am I to do anything to the will of God? How could I possibly influence it in any way if, if just what he wants to happen is always going to happen no matter what? Then what could I possibly do to escape him wanting me to go to heaven or not wanting me to go to heaven? Right. Right. Like what, what could I possibly do differently? Well, why? And, and it just doesn't make sense. Like to, God always refers to himself in these relational contexts. Jesus said, you've called me master, but I now call you friends. Right. Yeah. And then he says, greater love is no man than this, that he would go and lay down his life for his friends. And then he lays his life down for his friends. Mm. Right. So he brings this all to this relational aspect. He calls himself our father. Yeah. Right. Like if God is interested in a relational connection with his creation then why would he remove our ability to choose it isn't that the whole point of the trees in the garden right right i want you to choose me this concludes another episode of beyond sermons where we seek jesus christ beyond the pulpit if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support please visit beyondsermons.com to rate and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice God bless and be blessed to be a blessing.